discipleship starts at birth, quite frankly. That's good. It does. And, and a child's not a Christian at birth, but discipleship starts at birth. And, and as, as you see, as you said, be, behind closed doors, kids see and hear everything. Right. And they're just an open mind. They don't know. They're born into this world, right? So whether they're born in a different country, in a different socioeconomic level, in a dysfunctional household or a, a wonderful household, to them, whatever they, they're born into, that's, nor, that's their normal. Mm-hmm. And so then um, as, they, as they grow... And they get increasingly bombarded, might be a strong word, but there's just this input, input from relatives, input from the neighbors. They go to school. There's this input from the teachers and classmates and so forth. And they're trying to figure out life. And the voice of mom and dad and the love and mom and dad is is absolutely crucial to be able to say, hey, son, hey, my dear daughter, uh, this is the way you live. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Rooted in Christ podcast. My name is Eric Stevens. I'm the founder of Redwood Christian Ministries. Hope everyone out there is doing well today. With me today, I have a very special guest, Mr. Jim Whiteman. Sir, how are you doing today? By God's grace, I'm doing very well today. Thank you, brother. It's good to have you on the show. Um, We should go to the Cheesecake Factory again after this. This (laughs) is just my my opinion. I'm kind of hungry. Yeah, (laughs) Me too. Special shout out to Hope City for um, for letting me borrow this location. Uh, we love you all, so thank you for letting me um, use this space today. I know I have you for a short period of time today, so we can get right into it. So just tell us a little bit about, about yourself, Jim. So tell us who you are and how your, um, your walk with Christ got started. Yeah, thank you. Um, well, I grew up in suburban Columbus, Ohio, and uh, my mother was Catholic. Dad, I would say agnostic. Um, but agreed to let mom raise her kids, her five kids, in the Catholic Church. So my, you know, my walk with Christ in some ways uh, started when I was, I was young and had a lot of questions. I'm grateful for my upbringing, went to Catholic school through the sixth grade, but I always had lots of sort of theological questions when I was young, um, which were never answered uh, to my satisfaction. And I can still remember that, and I couldn't understand, you know, like, what? Why do I have to be so good, or if I have to be good to get into heaven, I don't understand why, di- why Christ died, and I just, you know. Anyway, so um, I uh, become a teenager, you know, would, would just avoid going to church, and I was like, yeah, I don't really need this. And, um, but then I got involved in the ministry of young life. Mm. Um, I, and as a junior in high school, and was just pulled in by people that started loving on me. You know, some students who I didn't I hadn't known previously, uh, because I was just a goofball and I was drinking and just doing stuff I shouldn't be doing. And then I got pulled into Young Life. I thought I like these people. And over a year's time, um, as a junior, the Lord just kept at me. You know, and I think I think back and think that those Young Life leaders were super patient. Um, I wasn't, I was interested in the fun, but not really interested in the gospel. But after many months, um, an evening in, um, in late April, uh, my junior year in high school, I, I gave my heart to, to Christ at a, at a weekend camp and that's how it all started. And then boom, things, uh, things really got going from then. So one of the main reasons I wanted to bring you on today was want to talk about your current role. Mm-hmm. And I also want to talk about with you today, how can we raise up the next generation? How can we talk about Christ to children, how we can help to, well, I guess, help them to have, develop their own personal relationship with the Lord. So mm-hmm. a little bit about your role at the school that you're working at right now. And I'm going to mm-hmm. let you go ahead and plug them too. <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh, you know, I've worked with kids my entire life. Mm-hmm. And so even after coming to Christ through Young Life as a junior in high school, I was uh, uh, discipled by a Young Life leader through my senior year. I go off to college at Bowling Green um, University in Ohio. And a year later, found myself starting a Young Life club at wow. Bowling Green High School. Um, 
had no idea what I was doing, just had a heart for it. The Lord just arranged things. I didn't have a normal sort of college experience, if you will. I spent as much time in the high school as I did in the college campus. But I've just always had a heart for, for kids younger than me. Um, went on to teach elementary school, become a middle school principal. Um, and in the last 12 years, I've been the, the headmaster at Westside Christian Academy, changing, transitioning out of that role right now. Um, but at that school uh, here in the Cleveland area, God has just really blessed me and I think grown me through the school in ways it just would never have happened before. Um, so, and I've got three kids of my own. Um, and, uh, you know, like all of us, we're all sinners. Nobody's perfect. Right. It's, it's no perfect family situation, right? We have our own issues. Um, my kids are grown, love them. Uh, they're doing well. Um, but this is the question, uh, I think, for all Christian parents, is how can I raise my kids to know the Lord, to love the Lord, uh, to follow Him? And, um, you know, the greatest answer to that is starts right with a parent. Mm -hmm. um, am I walking with Jesus as a father? Am I leading my family? As a mom, am I praying for my kids? Am I walking um, in the way the Lord would have me? As a young parent, I used to uh, devour the works of a guy by the name of James Dobson. I don't mm -hmm. know if you know that name. Yeah. Um, he's kind of getting up there in years, and not that many people know him anymore. He started what's called Focus on the Family now. But, um, and not everybody would agree with everything he had to, to offer, but at that time, there's just this hunger among Christian parents. How do I raise kids to, to know the Lord? And you know, there's something he said, I can remember on a radio uh, broadcast, that uh, he said, if you took all my books and you just boiled them down to, to one thing, because it's all on parenting, right? He just said, parents, you be the person that you want your child to be. That's so good. And so it, it is so much of that, that example, right? So it's uh, um, in Deuteronomy 6 is the Lord is speaking through Moses and, and, um, and he gives us charge to parents um, about teaching them diligently and um, talking about the things of God all through the day. But bef before that, his charge to parents is to love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your mind, all your soul. Um, and that is what we need to do as parents. Um, love God, walk with him, bring our kids, bring our kids along. I don't have children of my own yet, but I have a lot of spiritual children. So yes. I'm going to address the first piece you said with, with sure. the adults, because it's important that before we talk about making disciples, we have to first be disciples ourselves mm -hmm. because we can't take someone to a place we've never been to. And it's, we can't just say, do this even though i'm not going to do it we mm -hmm. have to model the example and it always goes back to that phrase you may be the only christ-like figure someone sees that day mm -hmm. well that's even more important in the home because when you're there what you're doing behind those closed doors matters it matters what you're doing when no one's looking and no one's paying attention and there's no camera on or there's no microphone in front of your face or there's no one listening to you speak your family will be a reflection of everything that you've put in or did not put mm -hmm. in so I'm, I'm going to root some of my, my thoughts here. If you want to turn, I'm going to have you read this for mm -hmm. me. Um, sure. Colossians uh, chapter 2, mm -hmm. verses 6 and 7. Mm -hmm. Colossians 2, 6 and 7. Therefore, as you received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. I'll kick it off by saying this, that our, our formation is a result of our consumption. Mm -hmm. So whatever I'm putting in is going to come back out. And I can't expect something to come out that I'm not putting in. Mm -hmm. And I talk to folks about this a lot. And actually, I said this when I, I, I preached recently. The things that I do privately come out publicly. The things I don't do privately also come out mm -hmm. publicly. So... Paul is reminding them here of the importance of their relationship with Jesus. Mm -hmm. He is telling them exactly how to, to walk and, and to, to live that out. And the first thing he says, remind them of when they received Christ, when we repented, when we accepted Jesus, that first love of Christ. Don't forget that. Mm -hmm. And it, it, God never intended for that to just be a one-time 
like we don't have to just experience the, the feeling of Jesus once. We can experience that on a daily mm-hmm. basis, on a consistent basis. We can walk in that every single day. Um, but that fresh love of Christ, like don't forget your first love. Mm-hmm. And don't forget that first day that you fell in love. Mm-hmm. Because we are living in a world where we are hearing so many things all the time. So many things. So many things contradictory to, to Scripture. Mm-hmm. And I can easily see, and I, one of how I first met you was I actually came to um, Friends and Grandparents Day at the school. Mm-hmm. I was the friend part, not the grandparent <laughs> part, okay? I don't, people make fun of me for being old, that it was ridiculous. Um, but, and you talked about how there is all of these things just, I'm going to butcher the way that you said it because you articulated it so well, but there are so many things fighting for the attention of our children mm-hmm. and their minds are so just, they're so moldable at that point. They're so impressionable at that point mm-hmm. that it's why schools like Westside Christian Academy are so necessary because they're, they're given the gospel with every lesson that they're, that they're being taught. Mm-hmm. So I think that one of the first things he mentions here is remember your first love mm-hmm. and remember how you felt about that day that you really accepted Jesus and remember the fact that that day you made a declaration that mm, your ways are higher than, than my ways. Mm-hmm. So... I think, that's a, I think that's the first a, a critical point of, of mm-hmm. what he said, because our, our main source, our main focus is, is the Bible. Mm-hmm. It's, it's the Word. So that's what we want to try to model and, and live out. Mm-hmm. And he says, you know, rooted and built up in him established in the faith. And that rooting, of course, is the name of the, the podcast, right? It's a great name. <laughs> it is a great name, Rooted in Christ. <laughs> and of course, I mean, Jesus uses uh, this agricultural sort of model all the time, right, in terms of sowing seed and, and, and take, the seed taking root. And that rootedness is so key. Um, how many people give their lives to Christ, and maybe it's an emotional decision, but they're, they're not discipled. They don't have roots, right? And, and Satan comes along and just wants to to snuff them out. Um, and when our kids are young, I mean, discipleship starts at birth, quite frankly. That's good. It does. And, and a child's not a Christian at birth, but discipleship starts at birth. And, and as, as you see, as you said, be, behind closed doors, kids see and hear everything. Right. And they're just an open mind. They don't know. They're born into this world, right? So whether they're born in a different country, in a different socioeconomic level, in a dysfunctional household or a, a wonderful household, to them, whatever they, they're born into, that's, nor, that's their normal. Mm-hmm. And so then um, as, they, as they grow... And they get increasingly bombarded, might be a strong word, but there's just this input, input from relatives, input from the neighbors. They go to school. There's this input from the teachers and classmates and so forth, and they're trying to figure out life. And the voice of mom and dad and the love in mom and dad is, is absolutely crucial to be able to say, hey, son, hey, my dear daughter, uh, this is the way you live. It's kind of like Paul you know, would say, follow me as I follow Christ. And that's, I challenge the teachers at, at Westside in that regard, that that should be our thinking, that mm. we should be so closely following Christ that we're comfortable saying, follow me as I follow Christ. Oh, and yes, I will blow it. I'm a sinner, but I'm also going to come and apologize to you when I need to ask your forgiveness, because that's also modeling, right, forgiveness. And so... Um, but it's, it's being rooted at a, at a young age. Um, by age 13, our kids, by and large, our, uh, our worldview is shaped by the time we're, we're a teenager. And so those, those early years are critical. We're, we're not tumbleweeds, right? Like we're not meant to be tossed to and fro. Like we are supposed mm-hmm. to be rooted in something. And be, and especially we're talking about for the Christians, that's who we're, we're talking to. We are rooted in Christ. We should be rooted in his word and rooted in the gospel and following that. Mm-hmm. So that's loving when we don't feel like it because it's not a feeling. That is apologizing. We don't want to. Mm-hmm. You know, that is keeping the peace even when we feel like we've been the ones who, who were wronged. Mm-hmm. And I've just discovered in the time I've been doing leadership, there's always someone watching. Even and, and they're watching closer than you than you realize. Yes. And I'm sure you've had this happen to you where you've told someone something years and years and years ago and they came back to you ten years later and they said, You told me this 
and this was the impl- the implication it had mm-hmm. on my life. Mm-hmm. And I usually take the sigh of relief, like, I'm so glad that worked out. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Because <laughs> I don't remember telling you that. <laughs> oh, oh, I, I hear you. That's right. That's right. Which is why the soil in this case matters. What are we What are we being planted in? Mm-hmm. What are where, What are What is What are our roots being planted in? What mm-hmm. is that soil? Mm-hmm. Is that the Word of God? Is it doctrine? Am I surrounding myself with brothers and sisters in Christ? Am I involved in a, in a church on, on Sunday? Because this is the model that we're going to have to paint for the next generation so then they can be disciples themselves to also make disciples. Mm-hmm. So we can keep them away and have them understand that these are false doctrines versus the doctrine of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yep, so. that's right. And, and to... Um, I, I kind of look at the, the young ages, and, and sometimes people at a Christian school will say, hey, you're, you know, your, your kids are, are sort of in this bubble. And I'll say, well, everybody's in a bubble. I just, which <laughs> bubble do you want to be in, right? I mean, I, so I, everyone's in a subculture, but it is that, that, that rooting, and the rooting comes from, yes, from the Word of God, to be sure, and so that as we as parents, as teachers, study scripture, we're sharing that, we're, we're studying with our children, we're memorizing with our children, so that if I'm asking my children at school or home to, to memorize scripture, I'd better be doing that with them. Mm-hmm. Um, and kids have this amazing <laughs> capability of memorizing hmm. lots. Uh, you know, in ancient days, um, I, Kids being, you know, discipled under rabbis would would memorize the entire Torah. I mean, right? They didn't have the same sort of distractions we had. They would just memorize these long passages. They didn't have the written word that was so easily available to us. And kids have this capacity to memorize. So when they're young, that is a really smart thing to do. Um, you know, when I was little, my dad used to, uh, he wouldn't let me leave the, uh, the kitchen table until I worked through the multiplication tables, right? He would just, he would have these flashcards. I was like, nope, you're not leaving here. You get this straight. I was like, oh, gosh, really? Well, I'm grateful for that, right? So, um, and the same can be true with memorization of Scripture. Not that it becomes drudgery, but I remember when my daughter being younger, she was challenged in high school in which um, in, a, in a Sunday school class to memorize scripture. And she chose something out of Ephesians and she didn't know why, but she did. But she just memorized it. And she really wasn't hung up on its meaning. But about six months later, something happened in our lives as a family. Mm-hmm. And it was that scripture that came mm-hmm. back to her, you know, in which she, I just remember her telling me at breakfast, like, you know, dad, I didn't know why I memorized that verse, but now I know why. And, um, and this is what I need at this time. And that memorization of scripture, discussion of scripture, discussion of the world around us. Um, yes, shielding our kids for, from certain things that they simply shouldn't be seeing and hearing at, at certain ages, right? But not being afraid of the world at the same time, that we need to be discussing the things we're seeing. Um, and if, you know, we have an aunt or an uncle who's, who's I'll just say, bad news for our kids in some ways, and it's like, oh, man, um, you know, we all may have relatives, and it's like, I'm not sure I want my son hanging around this person. Well, I need to have conversations with my son mm-hmm about what's in his uncle's heart, right? Or about what the neighbors are saying. Um, we are going to love them, um, but we're all going to have to have appropriate boundaries. So I'm not just going to let him, you know, go hang out and, and, and spend the night with people that I'm not, you know, I'm not vetting. At the same time, um, we are going to love them. And if they have an alternate uh, worldview, we want to we talk about that. In, in a school like ours, um, our kids read widely, and the older they get, I mean, they read some heavy stuff, and mm-hmm. they read different philosophers because we don't want them, as, as it says in the next verse in, in Colossians, about people taking you captive um, by empty philosophies. We want them to know what those empty philosophies are, right? you know, to study them and, and, um, and then to be able to compare that to Scripture and so that they're not caught, caught off guard when they get older, but they've, uh, they've thought through these things. And I think some of what you said, too, if there's a fight, we need to know our opponent. Yes. So you can't claim ignorance in the situation like this. Like the information is out there. Mm-hmm. So let's make sure we're understanding exactly what this is and is not saying 
and what this is saying weighed against what scripture says. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of what, you know, some of what you talked about, so actually a lot of what you talked about, not all of it, is, is the idea of, of Christ just being Lord. You know, I think that what are we abiding in? Well, it's him. Mm-hmm. Well, that is, he is the Lord of our lives. You know, it's easy to, to love Christ, the, the miracle worker or, or the healer. Is he Lord of your life? And what does that look like? Yes. Because he can't be Lord of your life just when it's convenient or, or when it feels good. It's either Lord of all or not at all. <laughs> yeah. So it, it has to be 100% all in mm-hmm. for him. And I'm not saying we're not going to fall short. I'm not saying we don't stumble. I'm not, I stumble with that myself. Mm-hmm. We all do. Mm-hmm. We all fall short. That's why we need a savior. But who is really lording over our lives? Yes. Because he can't have competition in that area. Because what we're abiding in is Christ. Yes. So we have to know who is, who is the one who literally died for us, rose, and saved our eternal soul. He mm-hmm. saved us, and now we're in right stand of the Father because of him. Mm-hmm. So we can't just uh, pick and choose the parts of him that we want to follow. Or when something doesn't go our way. Mm-hmm. Because the Father who loves is also going to discipline. Yes. Yes, he does. Yeah. Yes, he <laughs> And discipline doesn't always feel good. And especially when you're hard-headed like me, discipline never feels good. (laughs) I never get to just go sit in the corner and think about what I've done. Mm -hmm. I usually have to get hit in the head. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But this is an act of love. Right. You know, the Lord will discipline the ones he loves. And uh, parents will discipline the ones they love, right, to to bring them back in line. And um, it is is through the love. It's the love of God. You know, I love... uh, in, in, in John, you know, the Apostle John refers to himself as the one who Christ, you know, loved, the one whom he loved. And it's that perspective, not, you know, how much I love the Lord, but how much he loves me. I mean, he loves me more than I can comprehend. And thus, I ought to want to follow him. It's like, why would I go anywhere else when the love of the Creator God is, is this strong um, in which it's he, he bled and died for me? Um, he created me for a purpose, and children need to understand that they are created in God's image. They are created uh, for a purpose. But the time will come that they have to make their own decisions, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, we could make things as, as wonderful as they can possibly be in a family, and a child just may be holding off for a long time before they give their heart to the Lord. They might be playing a game of church uh, for some time and then finally, and then at some point say, ah, I'm done with this. And maybe come back, you know, when they're, when they're older. But, um, but when the soil is right, um, more times than not, the seed grows and, and, and grows roots um, so that that in turn can, can grow and, and uh, provide seed, you know, elsewhere so how many uh you know how many apples are in one one apple seed well (laughs) it goes on and on so i'd love to answer that question but i can't so um, (laughs) so i'll ask and we we kind of talked about this but i'll ask the the direct question then so if a parent came to you and said what advice would you give to us to help raise our child in the ways of the lord what would you say? And then also to that, how does the school help come alongside the parents to do that? Because obviously it's just, it's not just the school's responsibility to help raise these kids in the Lord, but how, what advice would you give on both of those accounts? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I think, um, as a, a dear pastor of mine used to say a lot in the, in the past, the main things are the plain things and the plain things are the main things. Oh, that's good. I'm going to steal that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, um, and number one, it's doing the basics well. Mm. And so I've often asked parents, well, what church are you attending? How engaged are you? Oh, you, you're only attending like once a, a month? You're not very engaged? Why is that? Well, you know, and then excuses may come. Well, so the, um, it, kids need to be surrounded by people besides their parents, um, who can help guide them in the right way. Um, even as non-Christians, right, if you have decent neighbors who are going to watch after your kid and are going to let you know if your kid is smoking behind the garage, <laughs> right? I mean, you, as a parent, you want that. You want somebody looking out for your child. And so being part of a Christian community as Christian parents, it's an imperative, and it's, it's scriptures clear about that. 
not forsaking the assembly, about um, surrounding ourselves. If you want to grow in wisdom, well, guess what? You need to walk with wise people. If you want to grow in folly, hang out with fools. And so, um, so be part of the church, uh, be active in the church so that you can minister there, people can minister to you. If your marriage has fallen apart, um, or maybe you're a single parent. Things aren't, you know, things aren't always rosy. Well, you've got people there that are going to help you as a, you know, as a family. And you're going to have people that are pouring into your kids. I'm grateful that we had, uh, you know, my kids growing up. There's just a few families that we had who had kids about the same age. And we could go camping together, do things together. And I know that I could trust these, these other men and these other women to just pour into my kids. Um, you know, there's just great comfort in that. So that's that's number one, is making sure that you are plugged into a Bible-believing church that's a healthy place for, for children and that you're living life together with some other Christian families. And, of course, reaching out to others that don't know Jesus. I might be your next-door neighbor, maybe others. Um, so participate in that as a family, but, um, but be part of, of a local body. Um, the, the next... And these probably aren't really in the right order, but it's okay. Um, kids spend most of their time, I mean, from ages 5 to 18, in school, mm. right? Uh, five out of seven days, um, nine and a half out of 12 months, um, they are spending most of their, their waking hours at school. And so you have to be really intentional about school because your kids are influenced um, by the people around them. So how well do you know these teachers? And even even if you just say, well, it's a Christian school, well, you need to know that Christian school well, mm-hmm. right? And so that you, not only you can trust it, you've got a relationship with teachers and you have a relationship with other, other parents and other families um, because there's still a bunch of sinners in the, in the Christian school. But as I think, and I think this is becoming increasingly um, important for us, um, in our society and the, and the way it's going, things have become so anti-Christian, mm-hmm. right, in the, in the public schools, and so many of them at least, um, and the, the culture around us, that school, and this is West Side Christian Academy's model, is what we call a three-legged stool. It's, our, it's, the, it's the family, it's the church, mm-hmm. and it's the school, so that we are teaching primarily the same things. We're on the same page together, and our kids are getting those roots because we're giving them quality soil um, most all the time. As opposed to um, kids at you know age ten, they go off. They're in the fifth grade in the public school. Um, their minds open up to more things. They're taught to respect their teachers, but this teacher's saying this, and this other classmate's saying that, and this girl wants to be a guy, and you've got all this confusion. And and what am I supposed to do with it, right? Um, and um, and that can work as long as, as parents are super intentional about being directly involved, because otherwise minds are being fed, relationships are being formed. Um, so it's, it's, it's relational with the church. Um, it's relational with the school. It's, it's what am I being taught at school? What am I being taught in the family? And so being intentional in the family of praying together becomes paramount, studying scriptures together. But really, as, as um, and I'll just go back, it's real fast, Deuteronomy. Take your time. Take your time. Yeah. Um, Deuteronomy 6, you know, which is called the Shema. But um, in verse 4, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and all your might. All right, so that's number one, right, for all of us. And we talked about that earlier. And these words I command you today shall be on your heart. So is it on the parents' hearts? Um, you shall teach them diligently. That's just really important, right? So you take the, the instruction of the Lord, the things that he puts on your heart through Scripture. You're teaching your children Diligently, and you can dissect that word. It might be translated, in, you know, in a few different ways with different translations. But you're very intentional with your kids, and you shall talk of them when you sit in your house. All right, so you, you're in the house. You're just this should be the norm. Mm. It should be the norm to say, "Hey, Billy, when I was reading, um, you know, in, in the Word today, I was reading Proverbs, and, and let me just share this verse with you. What do you think it means, right? You're just having these conversations. It's a normal 
part of life. Um, so that Billy, as he gets older, wants to be reading that himself. He wants to be engaged in conversations. He wants to figure that out. Um, he says, so talk about them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way, so you're out of the house, you're walking, you're in the world, um, and you have these conversations and you see a sign. Um, this morning I was driving to Brexville and I saw a sign on a, on a church, you know how sometimes churches have these signs yeah. out there and these funny sayings or whatever. And, uh, and this one, to me, was kind of a sad saying, but in this, this church, it had, you know, this sort of quote from God. It said, don't make me come down there. And then it said, you know, signed God. Well, the reality is God has come down right. here, right? Right. <laughs> but like even driving by, you could take a sign like that and make that a conversation starter mm -hmm. with your child. Um, so you're, you're, you're walking by the way, or you go to a movie together, you're watching something together, you discuss it, and you think, oh, gosh. And it's just not the elements of the film, but what's the message behind it? And so you're getting your kids to think. And, um, and it says, when you lie down and when you rise. And so end of the day, having time to talk, to pray together. You get up in the morning, have time to talk and pray together. And that, that's the ideal. And, and in our American lives, we are so busy that it just becomes increasingly difficult. Um, whereas a, um, I'm involved in some ministry in Southeast India. Mm. Um, the head of that ministry was, was here visiting with us about two months ago. And they live such different lives, you know? And so as a church family, they're together four nights a week, praying together, sharing life together, you know, it's just they don't have all of the, you know, they're not taking kids to soccer practice and violin practice and all this homework and all sorts of stuff. It's, it's a different life, um, but they're doing life together. And it just makes me think, how can I teach my children diligently, diligently and be really intentional? Um, what kind of activities are they involved in? How much should they be involved in? We need to have a family night. Mm -hmm. As the kids get older, we need to just say, you know what? No, Friday nights, we hang out together as a family. That's just what we do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we'll make an exception here and there, but we need to build that time together so that by the time they're teens, they're not just all doing their own thing. It's, you know, you, you touched on something, because I've, I've discovered, looked at my schedule, mm -hmm. and I said, man, how much time do I have in here dedicated to the Lord? So I actually and this wisdom actually came from someone else. I actually put on my calendar at night time with God. Mm -hmm. So on my phone, my entire phone turns blue and lights up the room and it says time to spend with God, whether that's mm -hmm. reading, praying, worshiping, whatever that looks like mm -hmm. that is there. And it is a set and it's set and it is intentional. Mm -hmm. It's hard to ignore that mm -hmm. when you see that it says it's time to pray. <laughs> mm -hmm. And, how much time are we really spending with the Lord versus everything else that we're doing? Because busy doesn't always mean productive. Oh. Even ministry can become idols in our lives. Serving in church can become an idol. Yes. You know, just because I'm serving in the kingdom does not mean I'm developing a personal one-on-one -on -one relationship with Christ. Yes. I could just be doing works. Yes. I could literally just be going through the Sunday or Wednesday or Thursday motion. Mm -hmm. You know, so sometimes I intention, I look at my weeks and I say, where can I get more time with the Lord here? Or I look mm -hmm. and I'll say, I don't really need to be doing these things. I need to phase this out of, of my schedule because my no validates my yes and my yes validates my no. Mm -hmm. So um, Hope City, for example, they have a Thursday night service. New Life Church has a, a, a Wednesday night young adult service. Mm -hmm. Now I've slightly aged out of the young adult service, but they still let me come from time to time, which is nice. But there's just other ways where I can go and just get fed and get poured into and get filled up. Because to your point, a lot of my time is not spent in the, in the church, so to speak. Mm -hmm. I'm, I have a full-time job or I'm going to the gym to go do this, or I'm driving in the car. So where can I get more time with God so I can be intentional with my walk and my journey with him? And I think intentionality, you touched on it, is key. Mm -hmm. It's key. Yeah. So. And when I am actively memorizing scripture, it, I mean, it just, it does something for me. So just recently I've gone back and it's like, okay, I need to commit. And so I'm starting a certain progression um, of just I'll just say re-memorizing, mm -hmm. right? So at age 67, it's a little more difficult than for a seven-year-old. 
uh, even, but things the Lord has given me and, and things that I study, and when I'm memorizing that, and so I told you earlier, I, I, I like to go out for prayer walks. Mm -hmm. uh, we are uh, just where we live. It's very conducive to that. And I go out most mornings, often in the evening, uh, to walk a few miles and pray. And for me, it's precious time with the Lord um, because then I'm generally away from everything else, right? But to, to just meditate on Scripture... Um, you know, the Lord speaks to me that way. But then I find myself, as I'm meditating on Scripture, that um, in, in one of those Scriptures, actually, is Psalm 1. It talks about meditating on Scripture. Um, but th th that, uh, that things will go well with you. Mm. Um, That's good. And, and you're like a, a tree planted by streams of water um, in which you yield fruit in its season and your leaves never wither and it's that sense of drawing from the word of god and when i'm doing that then when i come have an opportunity to talk to somebody right just it may be a word of encouragement or just someone i happen to you know run into never or just meet for the first time but if the scripture's fresh in my mind god just gives me opportunity to to encourage somebody with that that word right and so the same as a parent would be true that i can give that to my own child and hopefully my own kids are seeing a genuine walk in me um, they'll see my faults as well trust me my three kids have seen you know plenty of, of faults that i have but hopefully they they what they they saw growing up was that i was serious about my walk with jesus um as flawed as i am that I understand how much God loves me and that I'm just sold out and following him wherever he's going to take me, right? Um, and then as we're sensitive to the leading of the Holy Spirit and we pray, and I, this is the other thing I would, you know, I would, lots of things, of course, you can say to parents, but the persistence of prayer. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, I think we were in Colossians, is it Colossians 4? I think it is, that talks about being persistent in prayer. And that's something God is just keeps reminding me of to never give up praying. And, and when we pray, we're planting seeds that are going to grow. We may not see it, you know, we like things done quickly around here. Um, but in God's eyes, a day is like a thousand years and a thousand years is like a day. And, and um, he's not constricted to the time. And so I pray for things. And let me be persistent in prayer for the people that I love. There are people, um, you know, in my wider family circle that don't know the Lord. Um, and I've seen over the years God do amazing things. And I'm convinced it's because people are praying, people are praying, people are praying, you know. Um, and praying for our kids. Uh, there's power in a mom's prayer. There's Amen. a power in a dad's prayer. Um, so we need to keep at it. You touched on this, too, because wisdom is life by, by God's design, and mm -hmm. we learn that from his word. And we need that level of wisdom to combat the things that we're going to be seeing in this world on a consistent and, and literally hour by hour, minute by minute basis. Mm -hmm. So one of the things that you talk, you go on prayer walks. At my house, I try to make sure I have an atmosphere to mm -hmm. always be open to the Holy Spirit. People come to my house, I'm usually always playing music. I'm always playing some kind of God-honoring mm -hmm. music, whether mm -hmm. it's no matter how bad my singing voice is, as you found out when you got here today, um, there's, there's usually worship music playing or there's mm -hmm. just some sort of music playing that is just setting the atmosphere just to keep my mind focused on him because you were talking about memorizing scripture. On top of that, there's, I, I will throw in there, just I'm trying to just keep singing things of the Lord and just keep speaking these things to keep my mind off any intrusive thoughts or anything else mm -hmm. that you may be trying to throw my way mm -hmm. to just keep my mind focused on him. That's just something that's helped. It's just helped me is creating that atmosphere of praise and worship mm -hmm. around my house when I'm just doing the dishes or putting clothes away or just cleaning up or whatever it is that, that you know, you're doing at home is just making sure that atmosphere of praise and worship is there so the Holy Spirit can flow and operate. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I think that the things we expose ourselves to, I don't think we realize like this might be hindering yeah. the, the, our walk. This might be, if these are the eyes and windows of the soul, if I'm watching this or I'm listening to this, do I really believe Jesus is standing there and sitting there next to me? Mm -hmm. Do I believe this is pleasing the Holy Spirit that I'm watching this show or, or expose myself to this type mm -hmm. of, of music? Whatever that is for you, that the, the individual needs to, to walk that with, with the Lord. But mm -hmm. it's one of those things of 
what am I really, ex- what atmosphere am I creating mm-hmm. at home? Mm-hmm. What am I exposing myself to at home? Yes, 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 exactly. Um, at our school, we often talk about with the kids and the staff um, looking at uh, discovering what is, in, in God's eyes, what is true, what is good, mm. and what is beautiful. And so we keep coming back to that. What is the truth in what we just read? What is the truth in what we just heard, we just discussed? What is true? Um, what is truth, right? I mean, uh, Pilate asked that, Jesus, what is truth, he says. And, uh, and it's a great question. And so focusing on what's true as we raise our kids. And so they hear these different worldviews, and you say, well, okay, you just talked about these four different perspectives, but not all of them can be true at the same time. So what are we going to do with that? You know, people say, well, I don't, well, all religions, you know, lead to the same, you know, the same outcome. Yeah. It's like, oh, really? Well, how can that be? You know, and, and uh, but having to, looking at what's true and, and looking at what's good and realizing that God is a, he's a good God. Um, he loves us. Um, Jesus says to, you know, to follow him because I'm, I, um, how does he, how does he say it? I, I am, uh, you know, often uses a shepherd metaphor, right? So I'm the good shepherd, but um, I'm meek and lowly. Um, come and, and cast your burdens on me, and um, he is good. And as we look at the world of what's good and what's not, there is good, there is evil. And so we need to call those out. Um, we can, and, and the same way with beauty, what's the world's look, way of looking at, at beauty? And some people say, well, beauty's in the eye of the beholder. Well, okay, you can take that phrase and, and then discuss whether that's even true or not. Isn't there, isn't there beauty that God created? How is it that I can look at a sunset and go, that's amazing. Look at these different colors. Or I can, I can watch the hummingbirds in my backyard and, and I can be blown away, quite frankly, at God's... I mean, he, his creation's all around us. You know, his goodness um, is all around us if we look for it. And yet the evil is there as well because of the evil one and uh, getting our kids to recognize that. And hopefully then as they get older, as they commit their life to Christ, and they will have times to stumble, they will. Um, they will have hard times in which the rubber meets the road. And it's like, oh, this is... Um, you know, I was talking to a, a young man. He's a senior now at our school. And last spring, I was talking to him, and he, brilliant kid, um, loves the Lord, knows Scripture more than most ever will. Quite frankly, he's well taught by his family and his church. And um, he said, "Well, you know, I don't, I don't like have a dramatic testimony. I mean, I accepted Christ in my heart when I was five, and I've just feels like I've always believed." And it's like. So that's a beautiful thing. <laughs> that is the testimony. Yes, it is. Exactly. That, that is. Amen. That is a testimony right there. I said, but that's going to be tested, right? Your testimony is going to be tested. Right. And, um, and whether that's through a, a relationship with a young lady, whether that's through death or illness, whether that's through something, at some point, you're going to, you know, you're going to be tested. Um, so hold fast to the word of God and, and just realize and through that testing, um, through that, that fire, if you will, you get stronger and stronger um, and as long as you're holding on to the Lord. Yeah. I feel like I say this on this podcast every episode, that your testimony is for someone else. And that's mm-hmm. whether it is a testimony like mine where God had to literally break me down because I was drinking and doing drugs and getting mm-hmm. into fights and living contrary to Scripture or whether you grew up in the church or whether you gave your life to Christ at a young age, there is power in every testimony mm-hmm. because that God is going to use that to minister to someone. Yes. He is going to use that. He works all things together for the good of those who love him. And that literally means everything. Yes. He won't let any of it go to waste. Mm-hmm. So I would exactly, that's exactly what I would say. That is your story. That mm-hmm. is your testimony and guard your testimony. So it remains the testimony. Mm-hmm. That's also important is to make sure you put the boundaries up to protect the very thing that God is doing in you so he can use that through you. So Yes, exactly. And rejoice in that. Right. And just be grateful for all that God gives us. Right. right? You yeah. can tell him you don't want to have the scars I have. <laughs> you can avoid <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> you can avoid right. that. Yeah, there's, yep. there's some real truth. That's a whole other episode. Though. Yep, 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 yep. No, that's exactly right. 
thank you so much for being on the show and doing this today. I'm going to have to get you back on here to, it's my to pleasure. do this again. We, time goes fast. We, it, it always does. Yeah. It all, time flies and I'm having fun and talking about Christ. So this is good. That brings us to the final segment of the podcast, which mm-hmm. is our let them know segment. So this gives you a chance to share anything you would like with the audience, whether it be more about this topic or anything that's going on at the school or both. This is your time. So Jim, please let us know. <laughs> wow. Well, thank you. Um, yeah, well, a, a couple things about the school. How's that? So Westside Christian Academy in Westlake, Ohio. Um, this is the school's 27th year. Wow. We uh, uh, were K-8 to for quite a while, and then in uh, 2015 added ninth grade, and we just had our fifth graduating class this last year, and, and the school is growing. Um, we're a classical Christian school, um, and don't have time to go into the whole classical piece. But classical schools are growing throughout this country in a in a big way, and into some other countries as well. Um, but it is to uh, to give kids deep, deep roots, just mm-hmm. as we were talking, um, to become critical thinkers, and not necessarily tell them what they should think, but it is how to think. How do we think through issues? How do we think through things as, as believers? You could take something as just like the, like <laughs> the, I even hate to bring up the topic of COVID, um, but the <laughs> pandemic, you know, which was going to be splitting the church in many right. ways, right? Everybody's got these, and it's like, hey, you take opportunities like this to say what is most important to the Lord. You know, unity of the body. Disunity grieves our Lord. Um, and as a school, you know, we came through that, I think, in flying colors because of people just going before the, before the Lord and wanting to do that right. But um, that's kind of an aside. But, mm. but I think as, as kids grow in our, in our school environment where they've got other families around them, um, the parents of their friends who are pouring into them, and it's a healthy Christian community that's not replacing the local church, it's coming alongside the local church. It's a beautiful model, quite frankly, um, and I'm just really proud of what our kids have done and, and, frankly, really proud of the staff and all that they, they put in because it's, it's ministry. It is, it is ministry. It's, it's true discipleship. Um, this morning I was hearing from somebody in the city of Cleveland about boy, what God is doing um, among some inner city youth, and it's just, it's powerful, you know? Um, and kids who are, who are struggling with broken homes and so forth, um, and the ministries are well worth, you know, pouring our, our time and resources into, and yet uh, Christian schools like Westside Christian have this place where they're developing from day one strong disciples who can go off and, and continue to lead and, and serve in ministry and serve in, in, um, in commerce and in education and government and so forth as they get older and have a biblical perspective in which um, they, they're, they're well educated. So I'm just excited what God is doing. We're expanding. We are uh, you know, looking to double the size of our campus here. Only the Lord can do that. So that's something we're working on. But my 12 years there, actually, I think I've grown more spiritually than any other 12-year period um, that I've ever had. And, and part of that is because of, of families that love the Lord and who are working, um, working out life together, you know. Um, so, but I, I guess, and finally, because we were talking about kids and child rearing, um, for any parent that happens to be listening that is, say, frustrated um, or discouraged, um, just to say, be persistent in prayer and keep your eyes on Jesus and see what he will do. Um, I, I've known countless children that have, they were one way, you know, in high school um, and come, came back around, you know, later in life. Um, and, and also for those families that, that parents that somehow think they got it all together, well, the Lord's going to teach you a lesson in humility somewhere along the line, right? But just stay true to the Word of God and, and, and embrace with other believers in your local church. Uh, keep persistent and, um, in the parenting and uh, teach them diligently. And God will be honored. Uh, he will be honored. He will use your family in amazing ways. Thank you so much. If I could ask you to do one more sure. thing for us, if you could close us out in prayer, I'd really appreciate it. Mm, I would love to. Thanks thank for the you. honor. Yeah. Gracious Father, thank you. 
thank you that we can call you Father. And as we talk a bit about parenting, Lord, you are the perfect parent. Um, you love us unconditionally. You have sacrificed your life for us. Um, Lord, you continue to, to prod us, to teach us, to pull us, and, and to, to uh, sometimes let us fail. Uh, that we might learn through that. And so, Father, we look to you, and I uh, thank you for this time. And, Father, I thank you for Eric and his ministry. Pray that you would bless him and give him wisdom. And, uh, Father, for anyone who is listening, I just ask, Lord, that you would give them exactly what they need um, to love well today, to love our families, to love our neighbors, and to walk humbly with you. So we thank you for this time. In the name of Jesus, our Savior. Amen. And Father, I just thank you for everything that you're doing um, in Jim and through him. Father, I thank you for everything that's going on at Westside Christian Academy. Lord, I pray you just continue to just expand their territory, Father. I pray you just continue to use them how you see fit. Lord, I pray your will be done in all of our lives, mm -hmm. Father. And I pray that for every student who goes there, Lord, that they just know you in their own personal mm -hmm. way, that they develop a personal relationship with you, not a relationship based off anyone else, but a personal relationship with you that they mm -hmm. know that you love them. And I pray that they love mm -hmm. you, Father God. So I just thank you now, Lord. I pray for everyone listening to this mm -hmm. podcast, Father, that you just um, expand their territory, Father. Mm -hmm. I pray that that, that this that, that everything we talked about falls on good soil, Lord. I pray that mm -hmm. everyone who's listening has walked away with something that they didn't have before mm -hmm. or a reminder or a piece of encouragement, Father. Lord, I just thank you for just the aspect of critical thinking, Father, that mm -hmm. we can just just have these discussions that we can agree to even disagree, Father. But I just I thank you that your word is is being is being preached and that is at the, mm -hmm. the center and the foundation of everything that we're doing, Lord. So right now, Father, I just thank you for everything you're doing in us and through us. And I just mm -hmm. pray and ask all of these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Hey, and uh, thanks the, so much, brother. Cheesecake Factory is one yeah, exit up yeah, if you, uh, if you want to stop. <laughs> Jim, thank you so much for doing the show today. All I right. appreciate it. I look forward to seeing you again soon. Thank you. Lord bless you.